Perception, Perception is, is reality. Reality. This is Nikki, and you're listening to Perception is Reality. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, because I don't just share my man with anyone. <coughs> uh, well, this is generally where I would say, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey, and you're listening to the 106th episode of Perception is Reality, but sounds like I might need to go tend to Nikki instead. I'll be right there, love. Just 40 or so more minutes. All right, let's get down to business. I got things to do. I hope you're all doing fine. Of course, you know the drill. Share the show with everyone you know. Tell them we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. They can find us the simplest way by Googling Bilberry Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bilberry318. There the conversation always continues. So, this is the 106th episode of Perception is Reality, and I am feeling fantastic. We have a lot to talk about this evening. We are knock, knock, knocking on the door to the election. I guess, depending on when you listen to this, the Indiana primary election will either be in very few days or you might actually be listening to this after the primary. So it'll be interesting to see what shakes out there. Of course, we will have coverage on the election as it gets nearer and what goes on election night. And then, of course, where everybody shakes out, that's going to be interesting. I will say, if you have not voted yet, in Delaware County, please, please cast your vote for Audie Barber, Democrat, for Delaware County Commissioner. In Randolph County, if you have not voted yet, cast your votes for Brent Halper, Republican candidate for Commissioner. Or if you're casting a Democrat ballot, cast it for our very own producer, Kate. Please, please don't forget to do that. In Madison County, cast your votes for Likens and Richwine for Commissioner and Shepard for Surveyor. Uh, I'm following other races throughout all of these different counties and some north and south, but those are the primary races that I am interested in right as we are speaking now, and it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. So a lot is going on. Of course, we're still dealing with whatever the hell is going on with COVID-19. Seems like that's just going to be around now. It's just going to be a thing that we deal with. It's kind of being like burnt in the summer and frostbitten in the winter. We just deal with COVID-19 all the time. It's just, oh, God, I'm so sick of it. I've, I've, I'm just like, honestly, I could see how people could like really just freak out and lose it because it's just constant. And it's just like, it's almost like tinnitus. I suffer from tinnitus. I have ringing in my ears. And, you know, people say, how doesn't that drive you crazy? Well, I, you kind of learn to deal with it. But when you first have it, 
it's maddening. And I can remember when I first started suffering from it, it's something that just, it, it almost pushes you over the edge. And I feel like all of the COVID-19 talk, it's fake, it's not fake, it's, it's the worst thing in the world, it's not the worst thing in the world, it's, it's China, it's the Democrats, it's Trump. God, shut up! Just do what you have to do to keep yourself happy, safe, and secure. I'll do what I have to do to keep myself happy, safe, and secure. And let's get back to life. Because we got a lot of things we've got to fix, folks. We have a lot of things we need to fix. We've got police brutality in Muncie. We've got police brutality in Indy. We've got police brutality in Georgia and Minnesota and and everywhere else, honestly. We've got corruption here and corruption there. We've got corruption everywhere. And we have people who say, well, why do you bring that up if you keep talking about it every day? Nobody cares. It's like crying wolf. People stop listening. If you stop listening to me pointing out corruption and you don't like me letting you know where there are issues within our system, then just turn the podcast off. That is what this is. That's what this is. That's what I do. It's who I am. And it's not like just information that I'm just throwing out here and it's not verifiable. You can't check up on it and find out that what I'm saying is right. It would be one thing if everything I said was wrong, but it's not. (laughs) You know, so often I break the news, I talk about it, and then what happens is everybody then catches up and finds out, oh God, Bilberry was right again. You know, I'm not making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm not like, well, they're, they're pulling people over for speeding and we need to you know, go to watch it. No, I'm talking to you about serious freaking issues. We still have an FBI investigation going on in Muncie. We have an administration that's been in office for six months and hasn't done a damn thing. We have a county government that refuses to be transparent. We have county officials in Madison County that refuse to be transparent, refuse to communicate with folks. We have attorneys funneling money through secret PACs down to candidates because they want to stay in power. Winchester, nothing is going on there. The mayor makes the decisions by himself, and, and who knows, we, we, have a, we have a journey home, a, a veterans home that's supposed to be taking care of our veterans after they file to sign up to go to war, to protect the homeland, to take care of what needs to be done in foreign countries so that that doesn't come here and they're protecting our rights and our freedoms, and then they come back here, and they're treated like shit. They're homeless. They don't have a very easy time going through the system to get their benefits. And then when they finally are told, we're going to help you, we're going to help you, they go to a location, and they are not helped. They are not given the money that's donated to go to them. They are allowed to overdose and die. 
Meanwhile, the folks in charge of the journey home are lining their pockets with the cash from grants and other donated monies, and it's just sickening. We have a lot of issues going on. Now is not the time to get with a couple buddies and discuss why ketchup is red. Or discuss why this hockey team uses red on their jerseys. Or to talk about whether or not we like the Indy 500 being in May. Or this year it's going to be in August. That's fantastic. If that's what you want to talk about. And you want to sit around and giggle about a bunch of inside jokes that none of your listeners understand. Then then go for it. But label yourself as that type of a program. When people come here, they know what they're coming here for. They're coming here for education so they can understand how they can better be involved, where they need to go to if they have issues, and so that they can get the latest information and scoops on the problems that we have so we can attempt to fix it. I'm not just here bitching. I do bitch a lot. I, I, I agree, I understand. But g- guess what? There's a lot to bitch about. Nothing is going right. Nothing is going right right now. And inaction cost an awful damn lot. What is the cost of inaction? What is the cost of having a voice and having a platform and sitting around and talking about some, you know, this is what it's like to grow a potato. That's great. There are probably niches out there that love to hear about how farmers could best grow potatoes. And I'm not belittling the farming community. But if I'm billing myself as a political talk podcast then I think that's probably what the listeners come here for and if I'm just going to be a talking head to keep the status quo happy and I'm not going to bring you the information it's not pleasant it's not pleasant information to tell you that we have grown ass people who are sitting on the board of works and who are in charge of the community development office in the city of Muncie and they're now playing semantics with words because they don't really know what their damn job is and they're willing to yell and scream and shut you down if you attend a meeting to try to point it out that's not pleasant I, I could I could stop all the po- the politics I, I could start talking about history we could have a history podcast I could, ha- I could do a podcast about music I come on here and I talk about my personal life, I've talked about my father's passing, I've talked about love life issues. I've got plenty of stories I could tell you all. And I've got cute things planned and things I want to talk to you about outside of politics. But I know that the majority of you who come here, come here to listen to me talk about 
what's going on. I've got listeners outside of the state of Indiana who listen to me talk about Indiana, not because they give a rip about Indiana, but because it helps empower them to fight for what's right in their communities. I have listeners from Germany. I don't, I don't have a clue what they deal with in Germany. I don't have a clue what goes on. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they deal with. I don't have a clue how to help them. But I can talk about liberty. I can talk about what's right. And I can use my voice and my platform to help empower you, to help lift you up, to help give you the courage to fight back against the corruption, against the dirty, against whatever it may be that you need to fight against so that freedom and liberty can be the mainstay in your life, in your community, in your city, in your town, in your county, in your state, in your country. Folks, we have a lot going wrong in America right now. I've been watching all week all week, a video of a man in a uniform sitting, kneeling, putting all of his weight through his knee on a man's throat until the point that that man died. Now, I've watched that thing. If I've watched it once, I've watched it a hundred times. And I've tried to see every time a reason that that should happen. And and I'll watch it a hundred more times, and I will never find a reason. Now, we can talk about a whole lot of different things, but here's what I'm going to say about that. It was two men. It was two men. One, a civilian one, a police officer. You noticed I didn't say it was a black man and a white cop. It was a, it was a white law enforcement officer and, and a black person of the community, a member of the black community. I said it was one man and another man who happened to be a police officer. And he happened to be a really shitty police officer. And if you are a police officer and you're listening to this, My thoughts and my prayers are with you and your family. If you're a good police officer, my respect is to you, and I will help you in a time of need any time that you may be in a position of need that I can help you, I will. And my admiration is to you and my my love and respect. If you're listening to this and you're a shitty cop, if you are on a power trip, if you are a racist, if you have anger in your heart and in your mind and you do your job as a bully, as a punk, if you're a bitch and you're running around hurting your fellow man and woman, whether they're white or black or whether they're Mexican or, or Japanese or, or whatever, then you're a piece of shit. Sorry for the language, but this is this is really, really got me fired up. As it should have you. 
as it should have you. You should be fired up. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do to change this, to make sure that this doesn't happen again. There are laws that need to be changed. There are strict, strict compliance orders that need to be put in place on departments nationwide. There are protests to be had. You noticed I've not said riots. Here's the deal. There's a clear difference between protesting and between rioting. Okay? There's a difference between protesting and rioting. Here's my whole take on this, and I was trying to explain this to someone earlier. When, and I hate saying this, but when a black man is killed by a police officer, here's what happens. You hear outcry. And if it's found to be an improper killing, if it's found to be that there's brutality or aggressiveness on the part of the cop, you have everybody demanding change. Then in short order, here comes the protest, which is fine. Sign me up for that protest any day. Sign me up for a good protest that, that matters. Sign me up for a protest that's going to make a difference. Sign me up to be there any day I will be there. Protests are good. If you're talking about burning down the local gas station, if you're talking about breaking into the local CVS and stealing all the drugs, if you're talking about burning down the McDonald's and the Wendy's, well, that's just a bridge too far for me. Now, that doesn't mean that revolution does not solve problems, because it does. Look at where we came from as a country. A very small group of strong-willed men who believed in freedom and who believed in liberty took on the world's greatest superpower at that time in a revolution which created the America that we should all love. Now, there's a lot wrong here, and I think that we are needing to right the ship. But there's a couple ways you can go at it. We can try to do it the right way, and I feel like we've never really truthfully done that. I feel like, first of all, there are so many people that are just not involved. They like to bitch about it, but then they don't actually get involved. They sit back, and they're the Monday morning quarterbacks. They're the keyboard warriors. They're worried about what we're calling who and all of these different tolerance and intolerance issues that really don't mean a squat because when it comes down to it, everybody ought to be able to live the life they choose. And if somebody else doesn't like you for your lifestyle, then they can piss off. Don't go forcing anybody to do this or feel this or say this. Just live your lifestyle. Live you, be proud, be happy, and to hell with everybody else. But those people need to get up off of it, and they need to actually understand that the way to change America 
is through the system that the people that we're fighting so often use against us. We can use that same system, but it takes people. It takes action. It's just like it's just like the protests that happened back in Muncie in August of 2019 when 1,200 people shows up to a city council meeting one night. Now, they got what they wanted. We got what we wanted. It was my belief that we should have showed up at the next meeting with 1,200 people and the meeting after that with 1,200 people. Okay, not 1,200, bring 600. Let's show them that we are finally awake. We could do anything that we wanted to do, and they would do what we wanted them to do if we did that every time. But people lose interest because everybody has the attention span of a gnat. They don't like being part of the process when we need to be part of the process. We wouldn't have needed the 1,200 people in August had 300 interested people been there in April. You, you, you understand how that works? So back when this Wales sustainability product was originally talked about, nobody was really there. Everybody was doing their thing. And then in the last minute, they're like, what? And then they show up and they do all this stuff and great, it got stopped. But that was just one issue. That was just one issue. So a black man is killed in America today by a police officer or by some Johnny Law citizen who thinks he's being a badass. Maybe he's a racist, maybe he's a not. But when you kill anybody in America, white, black, brown, wrong, right, indifferent, it should be an issue. When there's a killing, a murder of an American man by an another American man, and it's an illegal killing, a murder, not a homicide. There's differences. Homicide, some of it can be justified. If it's self-defense, it's self-defense. But if it's murder, the illegal killing of a human being, then we should all have problems with that. But when it happens to be a situation where it's a white police officer or a black police officer killing a black citizen and it's not a justifiable killing, meaning the black citizen didn't pull a gun, they weren't being violent, they weren't resisting, when they're just laying there simply saying, please get off my neck, stand me up, I can't breathe, and when that man is killed, then we have to swing into action and we have to know our rights. We have to know what we can do and what we can't do. And nowhere in there is burning down our damn city. There's nothing wrong with people coming from other areas to protest. But the people who really need to be up in arms about it are the people from that community. And they need to gather support from others outside that community. Maybe those people could protest in their communities. No need to drive 
or to fly or whatever goes on to go there because that's generally what happens. There's generally protests and then those protests devolve into looting and rioting and burning and stealing TVs and pain medicine from pharmacies and, and, and it gets lost what anybody's even doing. So then people start saying, well, look at this. This is crazy. What's happening here? I don't even, this is, this is bad. And after a couple days, everybody loses interest and it fizzles out until the next person is killed. It's my contention that the rioting is not needed. If we did several days of protests of 1,000 people, 5,000 people, 10,000 people, if we did massive protests all over the country, we showed up every day. And that's tough. But isn't this an issue worth fighting for? Let's try to fight them in their system. Now look, at the end of the day, if we've done that and we, we do it and nothing changes, well, then we can talk about possibly a revolution that's still not having anything to do with stealing property that's not yours in the process. But I, 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 get, I feel so incensed when I say... I am with this black man's family, George Floyd. I am with his family. I'm with his friends. This was totally senseless. I early, early on said that that man kneeling on that black man's throat, that police officer, the man in uniform, sickening, kneeling on George Floyd's throat, well, in my opinion, deadly force could have been used justifiably to stop that. Now, that's not the same thing as saying I wanted a police officer shot or that I want to shoot police officers or I want to hurt police officers or, or I want to hit a police... I'm not saying that, and I would never say that. But in that moment, that, that man wasn't a police officer. He was a murderer. He was a murderer. And... He committed murder on an unarmed, handcuffed George Floyd. Now, I say, and I have said, protests should happen. I don't know how long a protest would need to happen, but it should happen, and it needs to happen for as long as it needs to happen. That has nothing to do with rioting. That has nothing to do with losing your shit and going completely batshit crazy and flipping cars over and burning buildings down. People say, well, the protest doesn't work. We've tried that. Look at Colin Kaepernick. Well, wait a minute. Colin Kaepernick was not exactly a protest. Yes, it was. It was his own thing. But I think he went about that wrong. I think had Colin Kaepernick said, I'm going to march on my state house and I'm going to get people from the community to be with me, well, that would have done something. Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the... I don't care if he stands or not during the, the Star-Spangled Banner. 
When I'm at a location and the Star Spangled Banner plays, I stand up, I put my hand on my heart, and if I look around and I see people talking, or if I see someone wearing their hat, or if I see someone sitting down or, or not putting their hand on their heart, I think, oh, look at that asshole. But then I don't care, because I don't care about what that person does. It's America. They have a right to do that or not. I think that person's an asshole. But I'm not going to demand that that person sing along. I'm not going to demand that that person stand up or do whatever that person doesn't want to do. I don't have that right. I don't care if Colin Kaepernick or anybody else kneels for the flag or kneels for the pledge or kneels for the Star-Spangled Banner. What I do have a problem with is him pulling that shit while he's at work and his boss saying, yep, we're not going to do that, then Colin has a decision to make. Like my father always told me, you can do anything you want in the world. You just have to be willing to pay the consequences. So, Colin kneels. It's a big, it's a big ordeal. That's his protest. That doesn't do anything. That's not a protest. That's not doing anything. I'm kneeling because of the violence. I get what he's saying. Go kneel at the state house and say, I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to let you guys in the building or out of the building until we do something about this. That's doing something. That's taking action. It's just showing your ass and hoping your star power grows a little bit bigger by doing it that way. And then you get fired and everybody's like, oh, look, they're firing him because of no, no, no. No, it's simple. His boss told him to do something. He said, no, you're gone. You're gone. If you work at McDonald's and you're like, I'm going to protest violence and racism, I'm not going to make fries anymore. <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going to happen if you're the fry cook and you say, you know what? I'm not making fries anymore because of violence. Well, you'll be looking for another job very quick-like. Now, if that same McDonald's employee makes the fries and says, I don't like making these fries because of violence, and I'm going to do something about it, and I begrudgingly make these fries, and then when they clock out of McDonald's, if they get together with some buddies, and they go up to their city hall, or they go up to their state capitol, or they go to Washington, D.C., that's doing something. We've never really protested here the way that they used to, the way that we need to. We much rather flip things over and burn things. And then, you know what? We don't even do that right. That's the thing that I was telling my buddy, I was talking to my friend. I said, my point of view, I think that we need to protest and go through the system. And my friend said, nope, we've tried that, They've done, that doesn't work. Maybe we need to revolt. And I said, yeah, but, but nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to revolt. A revolt, revolution, what does revolution mean? To revolve, it means it to turn around, to, to, to go around, to be in one spot and to turn completely around, you know, making a new, a new day, the, the, the earth spins, it revolves around the sun, a record re revolves around the turntable, the revolver chamber spins around in, on the gun, it 
turns, it changes. A revolution makes a change. A riot is not a revolution. If you want to burn the system down, okay then, burn it down. But that does not mean burning down the Wendy's and stealing some TVs and pain medicine from the pharmacy and from the J.C. Penney's or the whatever, the Meyer, and then going home in two days. That's not a revolution. Seems to me that if you would have spent that energy in protesting and you would have done it for any length of amount of time, that maybe you would have made a difference. But doing it the way that has always been done, nobody's protesting properly. Nobody's revolting properly. They're rioting. Rioting is not revolution. The cost of inaction is bad. It's horrible. It's bad on all of us. Because after you riot and then you go home and nothing changes, they just say, well, look, these idiots came in and destroyed all this, and it, we don't even know what for anymore. George Floyd gets lost in it. And nothing changes like nothing ever does. And the next event happens, and people protest for a day, and then they riot for three days, and then everybody forgets and goes back to normal. And the same thing just repeats and repeats and repeats. I would offer, let's do it my way one time. Let's protest it. And I mean protest it the right way. We stop them from coming into the building. We stop them from leaving the building. We vote them out of office. We recall them from office. And we put in our people. And if they're unwilling to do those things that we want done and that we demand to be done, then we do it again. And we stay there and we form groups and teams and we have people to do what needs to be done. And then when that doesn't change the situation, then we plan the revolution. But the revolution is tough. What happened in the revolution between America and England, people died. People died. Communities were completely burnt down to the ground, not just the CVS and the, and the Walgreens and the Walmart because people wanted some stuff and then everybody went home. Whole families were lost and it was bloody and violent and it was a war. I don't think people are ready for that. I don't think people have a clue. Everyone's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're teetering on the brink. Yeah, we might be. And I, people are going to shit themselves. We'll talk more about that in just one second. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. This is episode 106. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception. Perception is... Reality. Reality. Hey, friends, I want to talk to you about an amazing restaurant that you need to try. It's called Topher's Place. Are you tired of asking your significant other, what are we going to do for dinner tonight? Well, you need to try out Topher's Place. It's authentic, 
Cajun food. It is to die for. Check out the jumbo shrimp. Check out the alligator bites. Chris Smith, the chef there, is out of this world. It's located at 630 East Washington Street in downtown Winchester. It's basically 35 minutes from anywhere you are. Unless you're in Winchester, then it's only five. It's worth the drive, and if you have a car, it's not too far. Topher's Place in Winchester, 630 East Washington Street. The phone number is 765-546-3203. Check it out today and tell them Bilberry from Perception is Reality sent you. And ooh, we don't forget the crab legs. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. And now, ladies and gentlemen, your host, Christopher Belfry. Oh, thank you, baby. That's so cute. You know, the family that podcasts together is the family that stays together. All right, so where were we at? Oh, yeah, the cost of inaction. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 106 of Perception is Reality. I'm the loudmouth, the boy that cries wolf, whatever you and the boss hog of liberty wants to call me. It's a-okay with me because I'm sleeping well at night knowing who I am and what I do. And you're all here because... You know that you can get what you get here and nowhere else. I'm not just a talking mouth that tells you what's nice to hear. We don't discuss why the sky is blue and what goes into mustard that makes it yellow. We talk about the serious, sometimes hard to talk about issues that need to be talked about. And that's why this is Indiana's realist podcast. All right, so where were we at when we left off? Oh, yeah, we were talking about the difference between rioting and protesting and revolution. All right, everybody's saying, well, if you had a kid that you watched get beat to death, you would be ready to burn... Uh, Listen, I don't disagree with you. George Floyd, however, was not all of these people's kids. Yes, the family's going to be irate. Yes, the family's going to want to to do whatever they can do. Now, we understand that two wrongs don't make a right. But you also have to understand, if you're wanting to to revolt, then you got to revolt. How long do you think that these riots are going to last? If these riots are lasting in August... And if you've got police officers turning in their gear and saying, all right, I quit, I give up, I'm not doing it no more, and you've got lawmakers making laws, then I'll come back and tell you you've got something here. But when the riots are calmed down by this time next week, and everybody kind of dissipates and goes back off to their little corner of the world, then I'm going to say, what did this get you? What did you accomplish here? All right, so let me tell you what I think that this is going to accomplish. I think that George Floyd was killed in an absolutely disgusting manner. I believe that a very sick individual took pleasure in what he was doing to Floyd. I believe that he was getting off on it. I believe that he probably has other issues in his past. Some we'll know about, some we'll never know about. And I believe that there were other police officers that stood by. And I don't know. 
maybe they were sickened by it, but they just didn't have the balls it took to stand up. Maybe they were subordinates and they, they, they were still didn't have the balls to stand up. I've said it and I'll say it again. I would have went to jail if I was a bystander. I would have went to jail or I would have gotten hurt trying to stop that. Now, that's not to cast dispersions on any of the bystanders that were there. I'm certainly not doing that or saying anything because, of course, I wasn't there, and you don't know what they were thinking, what they thought, what they felt. I'll tell you, it looked really strange. There were a lot of strange things that happened in that video. First of all, it's one of the longest police videos like this I've seen where something's going down and we, we saw a whole large chunk of it. And then now, even, even now, we have more video that's come out from surveillance footage that just shows that George Floyd was not resisting. At the time that he's up against the building in the surveillance footage, he's already handcuffed. They get him up, and then something happens between the building and the car where there are other new police officers involved, and he's getting a knee in his throat. We're watching this video, and the bystanders are kind of talking to the gentleman with... I shouldn't call him a gentleman, to the sick psychopath with his knee in Floyd's throat and they're yelling at the other police officer that's there none of the police officers are yelling any commands at Floyd which is weird because when you're going hands on it's generally because a suspect is not complying so you're wanting the suspect to do something so you're saying things like quit resisting quit resisting well nobody was yelling that Nobody was yelling, quit resisting. You know why? Because he wasn't resisting. They, they, they had him at the car. He was smashed up against the tire of the police vehicle and the ground and that psychopath's knee. So why didn't they get up off of his handcuffed body and take the several officers that were there and jam him in the car? Did you notice how none of the police officers there were ever speaking on their radios? Nobody appeared to be calling for any other officers. I don't know about you, but if you've ever lived or been in a city that's, say, 50,000 people or more, and they have a good amount of officers on, I'll tell you this. Drive down any street in... Richmond, or Muncie, or Anderson, or, or Indianapolis, or, or, or beyond, and look at any police action, a traffic stop, an investigation, there's always two or three cars there. That's the biggest complaint people always say. Well, I just got pulled over for running a stoplight. Why are there three police cars back here? Because policing is a dangerous business, and traffic stops are some of the most dangerous because as an officer, you're walking up on a completely unknown situation. You don't know who's in the car. You don't know where they just came from, what they just got done doing, and what weapons they have. So officers generally do what they can to back up other officers. And it's generally in a really quick time. I mean, the city the size of Indianapolis, 
Officers can be close enough to each other within a couple of minutes. In this George Floyd video, there are like eight or ten minutes where it's just these officers. Where's everybody else? Where's the radio traffic? What? And this is a very weird thing here. And I'm not saying that this is not some kind of a... Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. We're going to let we're going to find out where we go from here. But I'm telling you for the people who's burning down the city, you're 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 playing right into their hand. You're playing right into their hand. You had the upper hand. And I hate speaking like that because I don't want anyone to have to be dead for something to have to happen. But you use what you have. This, this horrible situation happened. So make his death mean something. Make his death mean something. Protest. Get out and vote. Recall people. Do something to change the complete and utter breakdown systematically of decency within governance of people. Change the corruption, the racism, the hatred on the police departments. It's just like talking about the corruption here in the city. Step away from this George Floyd for a moment. Or talking about the corruption in Winchester or the corruption in, in Anderson. If we want to do something about that, you have to quit bitching. If you think that the Board of Works in Muncie, and that Gretchen Cheeseman in Community Development isn't doing something right, then you have to walk your ass up to the podium every Wednesday, and you have to point out what they're doing wrong. You have to be researched. You have to know what you're talking about. Like, for example, like what Audie Barber's been doing for the last several weeks. And they've been giving him shit, and they've been getting crappier with him, and now they're playing the whole semantics game with changing the words around, and I think that's going to be an issue for them. And you've got people in, in the cheap seats at home on online commenting, oh, it's the Aldi Barber Show, or look at this idiot, he's just getting up there, he just likes to argue. What he's saying is right. Folks, don't get it twisted. I wanted Dan Ridenauer to be the great, the great hope of the city. He turned out not to be. He turned out to be just another politician who's concerned about if he's going to get reelected in 2023 or not. So, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, same as it ever was. You know, this is how it's always going to be type of deal. All right? So, we've got Gretchen Cheeseman who's doing her thing. Remember, she got fired from the last administration, not for talking to the FBI. She only went to the FBI afterwards to try to save her ass. Now, Dan Ridenauer, who's going to rechange everything, he's going to do everything different, and he, and, uh, he comes in and, and appoints a bunch of people that everybody already knows the name of because we already either voted them out of office in other positions and didn't want to see or hear from them again, like Linda Gregory, or they've been fired from some other previous administration or from some other government entity like the county. We've got, we've got inadequacy in the personnel department, in the Board of Works, in community development, 
in Muncie Redevelopment Commission. What is going on? This is costing us down the road because it's in action on behalf of citizens. Some citizens that are listening to this. Now, if you're listening to this, you care and you want to make it better, and I completely understand that. But there are some that are listening to this that are, are going to make fun of what I'm saying. They're, they don't care, and you're just not going to do anything. And that's going to cost us all. It's like Floyd, George Floyd, don't let his death go for nothing. It has to mean something. But it doesn't mean rioting because that plays into their hand. If we're going to protest and we're going to make a change, we need to make a change. Let's do it today. And let's not take the pressure off. No pun intended, however horrible that is. Until they change. And if they're not, then let's revolt. But revolting is not rioting and I will never stand behind rioting. Never, not ever. And neither should you. Neither should you. That's not going to get anything done that plays into their hand. Most importantly, you need to understand that the cost of inaction is more than you will ever, ever know. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Chris. But that's Christopher to you. That's right, folks. This is Christopher H. Bilber, your host of Perception is Reality, and this is episode 106 in the can. A big thank you to Nikki for that wonderful play-by-play, and Mama, I'm done. Here I come. For the rest of you, don't forget to share the show with everyone you know, and make sure to get active and involved, because the cost of inaction is greater than you will ever want to pay. Until next time, stay safe, and God bless. I'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.